Okay, we are set. I'm disappointed with the crowd. They must not like the band. Um, okay, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the regularly scheduled Planning Commission meeting for Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. Um, before we get started, I would like to recognize two uh, commissioners that uh, have sat at the dais with us but uh, have cycled off, uh, that being Kara Davis and uh, Jane Farkas. And we didn't have a uh, farewell to them, but uh, I'd like to commend them for their service and dedication to um, the commission and the city. Uh, Commissioner, do you have any comments that you'd like to make on behalf of those no longer here? Commissioner Abbey. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say thank you for, to Kara Davis for her service. It was nice working with her. Um, I served with her for a shorter time than with Jane Farkas. Jane had served as our chair prior to Commissioner Comden, and uh, she did an excellent job and a very nice person to work with. I appreciate her service as well. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, with that, I'd like to introduce and welcome our two new commissioners, uh, Shanna Farley at the end. Welcome. And uh, Estelle Busa, um, would either of you like to make a comment to say hello? Please, Commissioner Busa. I'm, I'm still trying to get used to the, the technical uh, aspects here. I'm really happy to be here, really looking forward to working alongside you and staff. Um, excited to be a part of this commission and the work to be done in service of the city. So thank you for your continued service and, and part of this commission, and I look forward to being a part of it. So thank you. Very good. Yes, Commissioner Farley. Just want to say hello to everyone, and I'm really excited to work with everyone. I've worked for years on the other side of the counter, and so it's great having lived here nearly my whole life to now serve on this side of the counter. So it's really going to be exciting to see all the things that are coming through for Ventura. Great. Thank you. Um, let me suggest that we all remember to speak close to the microphone because those people at home sometimes are doing this and we can't see them do that. Here, we see, we see them motioning to us, but otherwise. All right, very good. So with that, um, Madam Clerk, would you please call the roll? Commissioner Abbey? Here. Commissioner Busa? Here. Commissioner Farley? Here. Commissioner McCarty? Here. Commissioner Zucker? Here. Vice Chair Lagerquist? Here. Chair Comden? Here. Thank you. All right, we move on to public communication. This is the time set aside during the uh, commission meeting for public to address the committee on planning-related business other than what's on the current agenda. Do we have any? Chair Comden, we have oh. no public speakers. Very good. Okay, thank you. We'll move on to consent items. Uh, first item is to approve the commission December 14th meeting minutes. Has it been that long? Wow. Yes, Commissioner Abbey. Um, I just wanted to mention that I was absent um, that particular meeting and the minutes themselves later on for individual items show that I was absent for the vote, but it doesn't show it up front at the beginning of the minutes. Oh, okay, very good. Can that be corrected, please? We'll adjust that. All right. Any other comments, additions, changes to those minutes? Yes, Vice Chair. Um, I, I think I mentioned this the last time, but the, mm -hmm. when the meeting minutes are pulled up, they come up 
from June 23rd, 21, like the, the document itself is called that. It's very odd. So I don't know if that needs to be. Oh, I see at the top up there. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll see why it's doing that. It may be a glitch. Okay. So the minutes themselves are not, Correct. it's the little label. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Good catch. All right, very good. With that, uh, shall we have a vote, please? Sir Commander, just can I, can I oh yeah, I'm sorry, Commissioner Zucker. I uh, just wanted to make a quick comment, maybe a, maybe a suggestion that you know when there's there's a you know item like the, the inclusionary housing item that's a you know major kind of more legislative you know uh, piece or something like that um, mm -hmm. would be great to you know get a get kind of a report back from staff about what happened when it went to council. You know, of course, all of us can go watch the watch the council meeting or or read about it in the in the paper, but but um, yeah, would always be helpful for us. That's a, uh, that's a very good suggestion. I don't know if it's appropriate to, to make that request right now, meaning before, I think we vote on this, but when we come to staff, uh, please ask the question. I, I think it's a good idea. I, I, again, there's a process here. We advise council, and they make the ultimate decisions. Sometimes not everyone is included uh, or should I say is not able to be uh, available to watch it on television or be here in person. So that summary would be very helpful, uh, not only to us commission members, but uh, to the general public. So let's, let's do the vote. Chair, uh, may I have a first and a second, please? Oh, yes. <laughs> Pardon me. Process. Uh, do I, does someone move uh, to approve the minutes, please? Um, I'll move to approve the minutes. Commissioner McCarty, is, uh, do we have I'll a second? second. Commissioner Zucker. Now let's have a vote. Commissioner Abbey. Abstain since I was absent. Commissioner Busa. Uh, yes. Yes. Right, well, yeah, and just to I, clarify, I, I was just informed of this. Even though you weren't present, if you feel comfortable having seen it on television or what have you, you can vote to approve or um, not approve uh, the minutes, if you so choose. You can also abstain if you wish to. Commissioner Farley. I would like to abstain because I did not watch that. Very good. Meeting. Commissioner McCarty. Yes. Commissioner Zucker. Yes. Vice Chair Lagerquist. Yes. Chair Condon. Yes. That motion carries. Very good. Did you have a comment? I did, if it's all right. Yes, please. Um, to answer Commissioner Zucker, Zucker's question about uh, communications back, that is what the staff communications at the end of the meeting are for. I uh, was planning on providing an update we haven't met since that meeting, um, and I'll continue to do that with items like that. Thanks so much, Anna. However, if that was not going to be covered, it would be prudent for a commissioner to bring forward and ask the question Sure, that's the time for staff and commission questions and comments. So if there was a, can we have an update on something, you're more than welcome to ask at that time. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, let's move on to our formal items. First being the election of the Planning Commission Chair and Vice Chair for 2023. I'd like to read the steps as uh, indicated in the memo dated uh, March 22nd on the process. Step one. The chair opens nominations for position of chair. Any member may nominate any other member, including himself or herself. A second is not necessary for a nomination. Nominations stay open until there are no more. Step two, the chair 
entertains a motion to close the nominations for chair. Step three, the chair calls a vote of each nominated member of the chair for chair in the same sequence the nominations were received. Is that process clear to all? All right, very good. So I'd like to open the nominations for chair. Commissioner Abbey. Um, I'd like to nominate David Compton for chair. Okay, thank you. Um, do we have any other nominations? Commissioner I'd like to, McCarty. I'd like to nominate Vice Chair Lagerquist. Well, the process is we vote for chair first, and oh, then no, no, I, I'm I'm nominating Vice Chair Lagerquist as oh as chair as chair. Okay, very good. <laughs> the vice chair, you 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 threw me at vice chair. <laughs> <laughs> Judo move, huh? Okay, very good. Any other nominations? Okay, hearing none. Um, I am going to entertain a motion to close the nominations for chair. Commissioner Riccardi. I'll move. To, we know we uh, close the nominations for chair. All right, very good. Is there, there's no second needed for that, and we don't vote on that part, do we? All right, very good. So with that, um, please take the roll. For the nomination of David Comden, I'm speaking in third person, uh, as chair. Commissioner Abbey? Yes. Commissioner Busa? Yes. Commissioner Farley? Yes. Commissioner McCarty? Yes. Commissioner Zucker? Yes. Vice Chair Lagerquist? Yes. Chair Condon? Yes. Thank that you. carries. Okay, very good. Congratulations. Now the new chair will take nominations for vice chair. Would anyone like to... I, uh, I'm sorry, do I have to open nominations for vice chair? Does anyone have a recommendation or a suggestion for vice chair? Nomination. Anyone raising their hand? Yes. Well, Commissioner Vice Chair Lagerquist for vice chair. Okay, very good. Are there any other nominations? Hearing none, would someone like to move to close the nominations for vice chair? I'll move to close nominations for vice chair. Very good. So now we move again to the vote, please. Commissioner Abbey? Yes. Commissioner Busa? Yes. Commissioner Farley? Yes. Commissioner McCarty? Yes. Commissioner Zucker? Yes. Vice Chair Lagerquist? Yes. Chair Condon? Yes. That motion carries. Very good. Congratulations. Okay, the next formal item we have is Project 220098, the Lundring Residence Coastal Development Permit and Variances. Um, staff, do you have a presentation? We do, thank you. Uh, Good evening. May, can I interrupt for a yeah. second? Yes, um, please. I uh, need to recuse myself from this agenda item. The, uh, the applicant is a neighbor of mine. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Uh, good evening, Chair, uh, Commission, Levi Hill, Principal Planner with Community <laughs> Development Department. Uh, in regards to item number three on tonight's agenda, city staff received a public comment from the Coastal Commission uh, earlier today. Uh, the comment letter was requesting additional analysis in the way of potential coastal hazards. Uh, in order to allow sufficient time for that analysis to be conducted, staff is recommending a continuance to a date uncertain. 
Um, staff's happy to answer any questions. If I could interject for a moment. Um, Commissioner McCarty, if you are going to recuse yourself, we'll need you to, to step outside of the room. And if we could just give him a moment to do that before we take any motion. All right, very good. So staff is recommending that we uh, take a pause on this particular item because of this uh, letter that details some items that staff needs to investigate and uh, opine on. Commissioner Farley, did you have a, a question? No, I would recommend a motion to continue to the date uncertain as recommended by staff. All right, very good. Um, any questions or comments from any other commissioner before we go down this path? I would just second. All right, very good. Uh, do we take a formal vote on this? We do. Sure, why not? Let's procedurally do that. Commissioner Abbey? Yes. Commissioner Busa? Yes. Commissioner Farley? Yes. Commissioner McCarty has recused himself. Commissioner Zucker? Yes. Vice Chair Lagerquist? Yes. Chair Comden? Yes. That motion carries. Very good. And if you could just give me a moment to get Commissioner McCarty back before the next item. Okay. Thank you, Michael. All right, let's move on uh, to item number four, project 13157, uh, the garden minor uh, design review and exception. Um, yeah. Uh, does anyone uh, have any ex parte communication that you wish to report on this item? Okay, very good. Staff, do you have a presentation? Yeah, thank you, Chair Comden. My name is Jared Rosengren. I'm a senior planner in the Community Development Department. And before you tonight, we have a request for a minor design review and exception for parking reduction. Um, at 1751, 1767 East Main Street. Um, the project includes a change to the facade um, of one of the buildings, the construction of a, a courtyard in between the two buildings, and the construction of a restroom slash trash enclosure building at the, the rear of the site. The subject site is located on the north side of Main Street along the Midtown Corridor in the Midtown community. It's um, at the intersection of Hearst Avenue and East Main Street. It uh, is approximately 15,000 square feet in size, and both of the buildings were developed in the 1950s and 1960s. The, both the buildings are one story in height. They sit very up close to Main Street, both um, rectangular in uh, shape, and um, have uh, parking is um, accessed in the rear of the site from an existing alley. And the proposed project includes um, a few different components. Um, when the um, code was, uh, the streamlining code took effect in 2022, uh, the minor design review 
um, would be um, more of a staff level type of action. But be, in this case, because there is an exception for a reduction of the number of parking spaces, um, both the design review and the exception are to be reviewed and acted upon by planning commission. Um, but the project does include an, a facade modification to all the elevations of 1767 East Main Street, as well as um, an opening um, to be created at 1751 East Main Street. The um, addition of a restroom trash enclosure building to the rear of the site, um, the, in, the part that points towards the interior of the site is the uh, restroom portion. The part that is off the alley is the uh, trash enclosure portion. And then in between the two buildings and behind 1751 is a new courtyard um, patio area that will be um, developed and uh, is to be um, uh, both um, visitors to 751, which um, was last used as a restaurant. Both the buildings have been used by a number of different commercial uses over the years, but um, uh, most recently as a restaurant at 1751 and most recently as a daycare at 1767. Um, but um, yeah, the courtyard will be developed and be able to enjoy it by, by both visitors of, of the uh, both buildings. And um, it includes a landscape plan that um, will introduce uh, up to 20 new variety of trees and, and um, plants and shrubs and three different types of hardscape, um, a trellis uh, with accent lighting um, that can be enjoyed during the evening time. And then, um, one of the more important aspects of the project is uh, changing from more of an informal parking situation along the alley, which had room for about eight vehicles, to really um, formalize that parking into um, city standard parking stalls, landscaped as well. Those are angled spaces, um, but uh, it really there's only enough room for uh, about four and an ADA space, um, accessible space. Um, this is encouraged when the project went to design review committee to, uh, to include that, um, uh, this kind of um, formal parking arrangement with the landscaping um, off the alleyway. Um, <clears throat> but um, because of this, uh, the inclusion of the restroom building, um, that did require from the code for the um, site to, to meet the uh, current parking standards. Um, but um, uh, really not enough room for that and um, because the, uh, the spaces are really going to um, more of a compliance to today's um, consistency of, of what we're looking for in the code, um, staff is uh, supporting the exception for the um, that um, uh, parking exception. There is no expansion of floor area to any of the existing buildings, and um, and so uh, really nothing that would uh, trigger uh, an increase in the generation of uh, more parking trips. In addition, there's a curb cut along the front, along Main Street, that will be closed, that will um, also provide the availability of two more parking spaces. The um, elevations of the building, um, the 1751 has already been remodeled, that was remodeled, remodeled in 2018. Um, 1767 is kind of playing off of uh, what 1751 uh, did. It's retaining the same height, form, and massing. And it's more of a simplification of the, the colors and materials, more of an update. And then um, uh, along
along the rear elevations where the new trash enclosure is um, to be located and the renderings kind of show what uh, the site might look like with the, the new landscaping grown in. Staff is uh, recommending a um, planning commission approve the minor design review and exception for parking subject to the attached conditions. The project is exempt from CEQA from, with a class three exemption 15303 for the um, construction of small structures. Thank you. All right, thank you. Commissioners, any question for staff? Yes, Commissioner Zucker. Just a little question. Um, so the, the, I can't remember the addresses now, but the, the smaller site is, is currently Native Pizza, and the, the other one, it, it was a daycare, but it's now vacant, right? Pretty That's small. correct. Okay. Oh, that is your question. Okay, very good. Uh, Commissioner Farley. I just wanted a little bit of clarification on a few of the site plans. The parking in the rear was shown in a different configuration. I assume that was the existing configuration. Um, and that what you showed on the screen, which is four parking spaces, is what's proposed tonight. Yes, uh, thank you, uh, Commissioner Farley. Um, the the proposed um, parking configuration is the angled spaces. Yes. Thank you. Commissioner McCarty. A follow-up on that, just for clarification. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I think what I heard you say was four parking spaces and an ADA space, but it looks like it's three parking spaces plus an ADA space. Is that correct? You're right. Now, some of these, um, well, we're going to be trying to get as many as possible. So as uh, we're going through the technical review, um, if there's room for four, we're going we're to um, ask for that. But if there's technical challenges on getting those to meet the technical requirements of backup spaces and widths, um, it might end up being three. So I kind of saw room there for maybe a potentially a, another one, and I didn't want to let go of that. But um, it could end up being three in an ADA space. Okay, and uh, another question. Um, the courtyard looks very nicely designed, but uh, from the project plans, it appears that it, it's not a public courtyard. It's not open to the public. It's only open to the customers of the tenant uh, buildings. Is that correct? Well, it is privately owned, and um, it will depend upon the, the tenants there if they provide any sort of uh, public events you know, or in, you know, a public would be allowed. But correct that the um, it's not a public space okay thank you commissioner Abbey. i had a couple of questions one was the addition of the restroom building so that's in the upper right corner of this uh, slide that's correct it's in the kind of the centrally located in the right hand <laughs> section okay so it's it's uh, highlighted in white not in pink that's correct okay and uh, I was just curious, does 1751, which is the restaurant, already have a restroom? That's a great question. The restroom, um, the, so both properties are owned by the same person. And um, the restroom is going to kind of add an efficiency where um, it can meet the building code requirements for restrooms for both buildings. So it's um, both buildings will be sharing the restroom facilities. Okay. And if you have a pointer, could you point out where the four parking spaces are going to be? Or with the... So they're, they're highlighted in pink. Okay, so the, the parking spaces are going to be in the back? Correct. They'll be accessed from the alley. Okay, so I see where that arrow is from the street, from Main Street, and then it goes back. So uh, could you, how many spaces are in the upper pink zone? <coughs> The, the upper right-hand corner, Commissioner yeah, Abbey? Yeah. 
That's going to be the ADA space. Okay. So, and yeah, then there'll it takes be, more room. And then the lower rectangle will be three? There's three that definitely can fit, but as I mentioned before, if um, through the technical review, uh, the improvement plan part of the project, when it goes through plan check, if we can find room for another one that meets our standards, we're gonna, we'll be asking for it. Thank you. Any other questions? <clears throat> okay, I have a couple about parking. Uh, the document says that uh, it will be providing four of 18 required parking spaces. How many are on site now? There's one or two more? Well, so there, there are no formal standard parking spaces. So we've counted like what you could informally provide if you just pull up to the buildings in the back, and we counted about eight. Okay. So one way of saying this is it's, the parking is lessening from what it could be now. Do we know what the capacity of the restaurant is? The occupancy? Occupancy. I would defer that to the applicant if he knows. Okay. Do you know if the applicant's here? He is here tonight. Yeah, um, because they, they have the backyard patio that exists now. There's uh, the restaurant itself. And do you know what the intended use of 1767 is? I don't think that has been fully determined yet, but okay. um, it, um, it's been described as kind of like a shared office um, space, multi-tenant. Okay. okay. All right, very good. Um, any further questions? Yes, Vice Chair. Is the applicant speaking on this tonight? He's here and he is available for any questions. Is, that, is this the appropriate time for that or do we need to wait? I think we could do that during public comment or should we do it now? Thank you. Chair Comden, so um, it'll be staff's presentation, staff questions, and then you can open it up to the applicant for a presentation. He, they will have 10 minutes, and then the commission is able to ask the applicant questions. Very good. Let's, let's move forward on that. Um, would you like to say anything on behalf of the project? Hi, I, I'm Jason Herber, the architect. We don't have a formal... Um, Presentation. I think Jared did a very good job of illustrating the project, but we've, if you have any questions, uh, technical questions, we'd, we'd be happy to answer your questions. You, you asked about occupant load. Um, yeah. I don't know for sure for Native. I was not involved in that section of the project. The, the new building is, is not um, 1767. We don't have a tenant um, associated with that yet, so at this phase, it's just a, an, an improvement to the exterior. So we haven't done any real plans or occupant calcs for the uh, interior. But it would be safe to say it's not likely to be another restaurant um, because that would require a retrofit and significant upgrade. Potentially, it just, th this is Jeremy, the property owner. I mean, I think he's, I'll let you speak to. Yeah, it, there's a good potential that'll be another restaurant. Oh, it is, okay. Yeah. All right. Hence the shared courtyard. Yeah, okay, very good. Or courtyards, because there's several. There's one in the back. There's the central one, and then there's two behind where Native exists. Yeah, uh, could you explain that uh, that second courtyard behind the first courtyard? Well, the courtyard that's right behind Native is more of a family-type center where there will be a fire pit and chairs and maybe cornhole, but the idea is for kids, families to be able to hang out, and then the area behind it will have formal seating just as the area behind 1767 will also have formal seating. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, yes, Vice Chair. 
Mm. Yeah, along those lines, I was going to ask that very question. So the intent of those spaces mm. is to serve, like, as part of the restaurant, and then if so, the courtyard in between the buildings, is that going to be the intent as well as, you know, with tables and chairs and servers and... Well, I think the intent for the courtyard in the center would be more of the area where you would have intense serving, where the, because the, if you noticed on the building on the side of 1767, you're going to have four roll-up doors. So you'll have a restaurant, bar, whatever, we don't know yet, that has access, it's indoor-outdoor. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Farley. Um, I did see mention in the staff report about um, the accessibility of that ADA parking space. I've been on the property before as different restaurants have been there. It's rather steep. Can you explain how ADA works? I know there's some labeled for the street of the sure. curb parking, but this is the proper ADA parking. Yeah, yeah, sure. If you could see along just below the 1751 building, there's a, there's a ramp there. So in addition, we're, we're doing hardscaping through the whole site. So the idea is that the, the loading zone at the ADA spot, you'd have your path of travel, which would be made uh, fully compliant, uh, accessibly compliant with the, the ramps that lead you down to the, the restaurant areas. Thank you. So right next to the building in that courtyard, it'll be a grade. It'll be flat. We also did the courtyard at the yard, which is our inner residence, so you can get a sense of our detail to uh, making a beautiful garden. I, I do think it's worth mentioning, too, there's an existing accessible space directly in front of Native at 1751, so that, that's also with, you know, directly in front of the Handicap property. spot? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, very good. In the courtyard, um, the courtyard behind 1751 is, I see stair-stepping down from the building and into the space. Uh, is, is accessibility accessible into that courtyard? Yes, with that, you have stairs that go down, you have a platform that's also a dining area, but the accessibility for the ADA is down that ramp in that walkway. So if that ramp would take a wheelchair into the garden area below, so they wouldn't have to use stairs. Into the shared space. Into the shared space. Understood. Yes. Other questions? Commissioner Abbey. Um, I don't know if these are appropriate questions, and if I'm not, please let me know. Um, I'm thinking about the, the parking for the applicant. Um, so you're obviously you just have the one restaurant, 1751. You're you're thinking of putting a restaurant in at 1767. You're thinking of lowering your available parking from eight to four. Um, what? Uh, there was a question earlier, and so how many customers and how many cars are you expecting at any given time, maybe at your peak time? I can't say because we don't have a tenant. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's yet to be proven. Midtown right now is a sleepy area. Our hope is to invigorate it and bring a lot more energy into that part of town. Um, there's parking all along the street. Right now... As Jared said, there really are no formal spaces. It looks like a war zone out in that alley. So what we're trying to do is clean it up and inspire other building owners to raise the frequency in this part of town because this really will um, set a new standard for Midtown. You were mentioning that it's kind of sleepy down there, and I agree. Um, so do you think that the parking that you're Two restaurants will generate will have an impact on your neighbors 
Um, well, the neighbors are in back, and if you see the amount of trees that are parked all along the rear and inside the courtyard, um, the courtyard is also uh, submerged. So the neighbors are across the street, behind the alley, and there's going to be a, I don't know, how many feet will that wall be before you even, with a building behind it. Part of the reason the building is right behind the courtyard. Sound was a, a big concern. The last thing we want to do is bother the neighbors. Okay. Um, I was thinking more, thank you for answering that. Um, I was thinking more along Main Street or the, the frontage street. Not, not in the back, but on well, the Well, we, right now there's a curb cut in front of the space um, where the, gar the proposed garden was. To give you a little history, that used to be a parking lot, okay? Um, because of the space, modern um, parking requirements won't allow that to be a uh, parking lot anymore. But there is a curb cut in front of that space. The city asked that we, uh, they put a curb there so they can increase, add a few more cars to park. So there will be that addition as well. That doesn't exist today. May I ask what businesses are to the east or to the west of these buildings? That's a good question. We own those properties too. It's uh, Iron and Resin has a design studio. Um, that's, uh, we call that building uh, Salvation. That's 1783. Um, and next to us is the Cladiga. The dance, the Irish dance studio. Okay, thank you. Very good. Any other questions for the applicant? All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Now I'd like to open the uh, public hearing. Madam Clerk, do we have any speakers? Chair, Con excuse me, Chair Condon, we have no public speakers. Very good. Then I will close the public hearing, and we will deliberate. Commissioners, any comments? Yes, Commissioner McCarty. Um, I'd like to <clears throat> compliment the property owner and the architect on what looks like a very well-designed uh, project. Um, it's, it's very attractive. I do have some concerns, though, which I'd like to talk about. Um, the three biggest issues facing the city, from what I've learned in my time on the Planning Commission and being at city council meetings, are affordable housing, the homeless issue, and parking. And so uh, parking, uh, parking comes to my mind with regard to this project. And I have, have some questions, particularly about some of the exception findings in the, in the resolution. So the resolution which we're being asked to accept, uh, one of the required findings is that the project design reasonably achieves the intent of the standard for which the exception is requested. So the standard, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that 18 parking spaces are required for a project, for a project of this size. I'm addressing that question to staff. 18, it requires 18 spaces, correct? Mr. McCartney, that's correct. Okay, so in, when, we, when, we, when we talk about how we achieve the intent of that standard, the answer in the resolution is 
that parking access is required to be primarily from the alleys and eliminating the curb cuts along Main Street is encouraged to in increase the amount of available on-street parking. And it says the proposed project achieves both of these goals. So the goals, I'm, I'm just trying to understand this here. The two goals from what I read are access of parking from the alleyways and to eliminate the curb cut. Are those the two goals that are talked about that are referred to in this required finding? It's on page five of the resolution, uh, required finding number three. Thank you, Commissioner McCartney. Yeah, I think the, the goal, um, one of the goals of form-based codes is to um, changing where the parking is accessed from, from the front of a property or using a front of a property to using an alley if available. So this, since this property does have um, an alley in the back built in to it, to formalize that parking from the, the alley meets that goal of the, of the form-based code. So it meets that goal, but it comes nowhere near meeting the requirement for 18 parking spaces. So. If, if you don't mind me jumping in, Jared. <clears throat> uh, Commissioner McCarty, this finding was approached in a way from a design perspective of the impacts of the design on the adjacent properties. I think your point here is about um, the parking impacts. Is, is that correct? Are you wanting no, additional? Meet, meeting the intent of the, the requirement. Right, so if I may elaborate or suggest a, additional, if the commission would like to support the exception and bolster the finding, um, would be the uh, addition of the curb cuts does add two additional on-street parking spaces. The Midtown area is a walkable area that does have um, sidewalks and access and the way that Midtown, Midtown is organized, it lends itself to more parking uh, as well as there's transit along the corridor that can also supplement it. Um, and given um, the compliance of the new parking spaces, we've created an accessible space in three um, compliant parking spaces versus um, no formalized parking on site. So if you viewed it from a perspective of there was no formal parking there to that they're adding for formalized. Yes, and I have to contest that view that that is like grandfathering in a, a deficient solution. Um, I, I, I go back, you know, the, the, we also reference in the resolution the Midtown Corridor Development Code, which is clear, clearly states exceptions are strongly discouraged since they severely compromise the ability to fulfill the code's goals, policies, and actions. So on one hand, we're trying to abide by the Midtown Corridor Development Code and then um, not meet one of the required findings. So um, given that, 
perfect storm of lack of parking being one of the major contentious issues in the city, um, the fact that this required finding, I, I, I can no way make my brain come to accept that the required finding is met, um, make me doubt how we can um, we can we can accept accept this this resolution. So so that that's my concern. We are um, essentially ignoring the Midtown Corridor Development Code uh, in a manner which I don't think is is right. So that that that's a big concern of mine, particularly when parking is such a big issue in the city. So a well a well designed project but I, I can't support it based upon the requirements we need to meet that aren't being met. Thank you, Commissioner. Other comments? Commissioner Zucker. Yeah, I respectfully offer a, a slightly different view here. I mean, I, I agree with Commissioner McCarty that it's a, it's a beautiful project. I think the courtyard, you know, would be really nice. and. Um, addition to that space you know and and um, you know I agree that it's it's tough to to see 18 parking spaces would be what our development code would expect and you know to to get you know maybe five or maybe there's two additional ones on the on the curb cut so maybe it's more like seven right um, you know at seven if we're if we're if we're lucky because <laughs> those the, we're trying to decide if there's gonna be three or four but um, you know, I, I do think a lot of Midtown, and I imagine including this, this building was probably built before we had some of the, you know, stricter parking requirements that, that we have now. And um, although that may in places make it, make it a little bit harder to find parking, I think it's also uh, contributed to the, the vibrancy of Midtown and the, the um, walkability and bikeability of the neighborhood, you know, compared to, to you know, some other newer parts of our, of our city like the East Side. And, um, you know, that creates a character that some people may not like, but some people do like. Um, and I think overall, to me, this, this seems like the, the question before us is whether to grant a variance. And we can choose whether to grant that variance or not. We could say, hey, this should have 18 parking spots, and that's what our code says. And, you know, let's let's not approve this, but, um, you know, I, I think this could be, you know, a, a really nice addition to the, you know, the neighborhood and that commercial space. Um, and I think we've kind of experienced a little bit of a natural experiment over the last few years of trading parking for outdoor dining in our city and in many cities across the country, right? Um, it's kind of necessitated by the, the COVID-19 pandemic, but I think as uh, you know, many people felt after kind of the mainstream move program um, that it was, regardless of a pandemic, a worthwhile trade. That that um, having, I mean, we live in a beautiful climate, <laughs> a great place for for you know nice, enjoyable outdoor dining and and that that kind of environment. And um, you know, I I think overall our our city's been better off for making that trade in various places. And I. I would say I think that's a worthwhile trade of this this project as well. So I'm inclined to grant the variance. Um, yeah, interested to hear what other commissioners think. Very good. 
as uh, a former Please resident hear. of the Midtown area, uh, a former patron of the a native uh, restaurant when it was open, uh, that area serves a, a large uh, population in the Midtown residency uh, for walkability and, and biking. And you, as a resident who lived there, uh, the majority of patrons that I would see go into native were local residents walking to the restaurant from the various neighborhood. Um, so I, I echo uh, comments on, on the trade-off uh, given its location. I do I, I respect, agree with that we do have parking constraints throughout the city. I do see those happening more uh, in more densely commercial areas, such as downtown, where we, where we see uh, constraints there. Um, in Midtown, with, with the availability of, of parking, or of walking, um, biking paths that have been put in place there, I, I do believe a, a trade-off uh, would be supported here. I, I can't imagine putting 18 parking spots in this location. I would have a hard time um, meeting that requirement yeah. in this location. Uh, let me uh, ask staff, do you have any photographs of the back end of these buildings that you could share with us? Because it was indicated to me that there, there were, you know, they were relatively uh, informal parking spaces. Um, what's the answer? Do you have? Give us just a moment. We don't have any photos, but we may be able to show an aerial that may. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that because I pulled something up on Google Earth. That, so yes, uh, the aerial on the sure. left here, if you look at the rear of the building, kind of shows the uh, perpendicular spaces to the alley. Yeah, because uh, I'm looking on Google Earth right now, and uh, it appears that there are eight moderately well-defined uh, spaces behind the preschool and the open area in the middle, and that there might be another three, or if you stacked six parking spaces behind what eventually became native. Uh, one of the benefits of Google Earth is they don't update these aerial projections very often, so this must be 10 years ago. And given that, there's... 8 plus 3, 11 spaces, or maybe as much as 14 spaces behind there before Native moved in and uh, upgraded their patio area. Do you have access to Google Earth by chance? Give us just a moment. We'll be able to pull up the project plans, which I do believe has photos of that back All right, there. very good. I'd like to see what the evolution is. Commissioner Farley. Um, maybe while staff is bringing up those images, um, I would like to note that I, I see the benefit of both conversations that are occurring tonight. We want to bring vitality to places that are lacking it right now, a lot of aging buildings, a lot of businesses that have gone vacant. Um, but I don't want us to be short-sighted and say we don't need the parking because eventually this area is going to revitalize and there is going to eventually be um, popularity of these uses. So I would encourage, and maybe not at this time depending on the action of our commission, that staff take a look at the plans with the applicant to see if they can work out as many additional parking spaces along the back, even if they are temporary during some time frame when the trash enclosure might be able to be blocked temporarily. Um, because things like delivery and food trucks and things, um, there's very limited space for that. So the more space by maybe shifting that trash enclosure restroom building a little bit towards the front of the property might provide two, three, four 
additional parking spaces. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of technical things that go into that, but I would encourage staff to work with the applicant if we mm -hmm. so move on this item. Mm -hmm. Very good. What have you found? Uh, Chair, the, the middle row of pictures there shows the rear of the structures and the condition of the existing parking. Right. So uh, they're not in formal spaces. They're lined out. They're not perhaps the most efficient. Um, but that's similar in, in projection photo I'm seeing from the satellite photo. So behind Clada on the open space, it looks like there's eight spaces. And it looks like uh, three cars width behind what was native's backyard. Um, we, we're not, sh is that native in the middle there, that uh, photograph 06? Is that, no, that's the side of the building that was the preschool. Do we have anything of uh, what native's back side looks like? I don't believe so. Okay. I would defer to the applicant if one of these pictures shows what okay. you're looking for. Well, I'm, I wish I could share that. <laughs> but I, I can't share it with the audience, so, you know. Um, all right, further comments? Yes, Commissioner Abbey. And my question's for staff. Um, okay, so 18 spaces required. Now, um, <clears throat> as it sits, it has eight parking spaces. They're non-conforming. And so a big point was made in the staff report that we're getting four, and at least they're conforming. So that's, that's good. Uh, but we're losing four parking spaces. Um, is it uh, grandfathered in as eight? Could you, could you categorize it that way as being ca uh, grandfathered as eight? Yeah, so it's a little bit of a nuanced situation. Uh, so given the, first of all, it's, it's important to point out, uh, as we've experienced with the form-based codes, both in Midtown and the DTSP, a lot of the uh, requirements and standards outlined don't really contemplate existing developed sites. Uh, a lot of those standards are contemplating vacant or fully redeveloped sites. So that, so as one of, as Commissioner uh, Busa pointed out, when you look at this developed site, meeting the strict application of that parking requirement is just not really feasible. So that's one piece of it where the standard comes from, where it may not be fully applicable to this project. Uh, another lens to look at it is from the non-conforming lens, as you pointed out. So the spaces that were there were non-conforming to the city standards, uh, both in size and the backup area required. So whenever we say informal, uh, it's kind of informal and non-conforming to all the city standards. Um, that was allowed to exist as a non-conforming or grandfathered condition. However, whenever the sites were vacated, uh, they were empty and not in use for a period of time where that non-conforming status is no longer uh, there, um, which is in accordance with the municipal code. So they're essentially, as it was pointed out earlier, uh, from um, the um, interim community development director, the essentially the starting place was zero on this because those non-conforming spaces are not allowed to continue in that uh, current condition. So um, as they were non-conforming, this is staff's approach was, um, this is about the maximum amount of conforming spaces this project could provide. 
Does that answer your question? Um, yeah, it does. Um, Chair Comden mentioned that he sees from Google Maps um, room for eight in the back. Do you concur with that? I would concur that the amount of non-compliant spaces to the rear of the building uh, is approximately eight. Okay. Um, Chair Comden, I saw the applicant raise his hand. Yeah, could, could we open the hearing so that he could make a comment on that? Would that yes. be appropriate? That's fine. Um, do we have other questions at this time for staff? If not, uh, Commissioner Zucker. Sorry if I missed this, but the, the reason the non-conforming spaces aren't allowed, is it, is it that our, our code now requires parking spaces to be larger? Is it that they have to be angled? Um, what's the, yeah, I guess what's, what's the reason for? Yeah, it's various standards that weren't being met. Uh, size requirements, so width and length of uh, the space itself, uh, the dimensional requirements weren't being met, in addition to the backup requirements, which is, I believe, 25 feet. And that alley is 15 feet wide, which is why it went from a perpendicular to an angled configuration, So, uh, which, again, was a safety concern for staff, as we understand it's been in this condition, but basically you'd have to do multiple maneuvers to to use that um, configuration given the, the small width of the alley. All right, very good. I'm, oh, Commissioner, uh, Vice, Vice Chair, please. Yes, uh, is the alley behind it one way? Is that a one-way alley? Is it one? One direction? Yes. I don't know Should it be? <laughs> Um, is is two-way traffic being used? Yes. <laughs> um, and then I, I had a question for staff. I'm not sure this can be answered, but so um, Pete's down the street, that parking lot next to Pete's, who owns that? Is that owned by Pete's or no? believe so, but we're not certain on the ownership of that property. The old gas station at the corner of the mm -hmm. high school? I believe yeah. it is. Yeah, unknown. Okay. Um, all right, with that, I'm going to open, reopen the public hearing so that the applicant can come up and make a comment. Did, did I see you raise your hand to do so? Come on up. Thank you, yeah, I just wanted to kind of give a little bit of technical overview, and Netta did a, did a good job of pointing that out now, but it's the you know, we could fit eight plus parking spaces here um, if they were allowed to be non-conforming like they were, but our intent is to make this building as compliant as possible. And so we do have to provide a really steep angle for these to back up within 25 feet of the alleyway along with the ADA space. It's gotta be a parallel parking stall. So that could easily be three spots there too, but we're, we're just doing our best to meet the intentions of the municipal code and how it applies to parking on an existing site, um, which again is not is not um, there's nothing in the municipal code that applies to uh, redevelopments of existing buildings. So uh, we're we're left with um, doing the best that we can here. Yes, uh, of the applicant, please, to commissioner. I I was wondering. Um, that alleyway, do you have access, direct access to that alleyway from the back of your property? Um, yes. Uh, well, you know, if you could zoom out to the, the map, I forget the, there's Pacific and I forget the name of the street, 
to the north, but there, the, that alleyway basically links those two streets, but then you can access it from the courtyard, you know, essentially through, um, yeah, so Live Oak and North Pacific. So this alleyway runs all the way through there, um, and it's, it's a 15-foot wide uh, alley, so it's, it's uh, also non-conforming condition. And how wide is the access at the rear of your property to get to that alley? Um, I'm not sure that exact dimension, but I laid out those steep parking spaces, and we're right exactly at your 25 feet backup space to the the wall um, of the alleyway towards Evans Avenue. So that's the that's the tightest that we could make them uh, work with that very steep angle of, of pulling in. Okay, thank you. While you're here, I have a question. I see you have four parking spaces, not on this illustration, for motorcycles on the side of the building 51 or 67. Um, if push came to shove, could you put your trash enclosures along that side or um, would the city not allow that because it is too close to the property line? Um, I, that's, that's more of a um, question for the trash service too. I think they pick up off, off the alleyway. Um, and, oh, because not, you have big roll-offs. Yeah, not okay. off of not off of Main Street. Okay. Yeah. All right. Other questions for the applicant? Yes, Commissioner Farley. And and partially, this was probably discussed more in the design review earlier on. Um, were there alternatives which considered that trash enclosure building, restroom building, in a different location or configuration to maximize the parking along the back of the property? Um, or is it because of the trash enclosure needing to have that access that we're kind of constrained around that building, whether or not it has a bathroom in it? I'm curious because the bathroom could be relocated somewhere else in the trash enclosure. Curious, too, if it could be smaller. Um, I'm just wondering if that could add a space or two in the back area if it was considered through design review. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe for the staff or the applicant. Well, we could ask the applicant if they had envisioned that ever. Well, the, you're, you're true about the trash enclosure. We do need to provide one here at, at this property, and it's got to be towards the, the rear of the lot. Um, in addition, the, those bathrooms, again, are serving both, both buildings, essentially. So um, we located them in a, a, a place where they're accessible to both, and it kind of... Um, there's also a limitation of structures. We don't want to build, you know, if we can combine the trash and, and bathrooms, we, we would like to, which we're, we're proposing. Um, I suppose we could ex explore um, a couple other configurations, but um, you know we're looking at maybe adding a couple more spaces there. And if I I may jump on with, I think given that they're going to have to do a roll-off bin for trash, they're going to have to do a roll-off bin for recycle, and now compost is also required. Um, they those trash enclosures have gotten larger. Uh, we could probably work with the applicant in the design phase to maybe reduce that a little bit to pick up that additional fourth space Jared was talking about. I don't think the reduction in the trash enclosure would be able to pick up more than that one additional space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Vice Chair. What, sorry. Um, so would uh, like reducing the, the courtyards in the back not help with the parking situation? Like is that a constraint? Well, part of it too is um, if you look how long that ramp is, it's it's providing 
uh, enough run to provide accessible access into the space. So we've got to start in, as deep as we can in the lot. Other comments? Okay, I share uh, other commissioners concerned about the loss of parking spaces. Uh, by my count, there were 11 at one point, informal as they might be. Uh, we're down to four. Uh, although Main Street in this Midtown section is not terribly impacted by parking, um, imagine three or four more restaurants opening up in that direct vicinity. Uh, and you can see that parking will become a problem. Um, yes. Oh, let me close the public hearing now. Because, <laughs> pardon me, procedurally, a little rusty. Um, and uh, I don't want this to become um, a parking issue in the future because we haven't thought it through as well as we could. I understand the reasons why we'd want to um, have parking as um, proposed here. Also, there are some residences in the back, and so uh, parking in the rear is less than ideal. Um, and since there is a fair amount of parking right now on the street, it is what it is. But in the future, this may present a problem. And I wish there were a solution that we could find to add equal to number of spaces that used to reside on these two parcels or as one lar large parcel with two buildings. Yes, Commissioner McCarty. Um, so I heard the applicants say that the ADA spot in the upper right-hand corner could be turned into three uh, regulation parking spots. So consider this idea. What if, this, what if one of the conditions of this project were to be that the ADA, the city mandates the ADA spot to be where the curb cutout currently is now, where we're gaining a parking spot. So could the city make that the ADA spot and open up perhaps three more in the alleyway? Um, Commissioner McCarty, uh, we did explore that. I talked about that with um, transportation and um, land development. They were not supportive of that, of that idea. Um, however, we could uh, pass along the encouragement from Planning Commission, see if they could revisit that, see if we could make it work. We'd be definitely open to that. But my um, conversations I had with them, they were not supportive of that idea. Are, are you able to share their reasoning? There, there was some safety concerns about um, the width of the, um, of the bike lane area where the, the car doors would open up. And that's, that's all I can remember at this point. I'm sorry, did you say bike lane? Well, um, parking lane, where next to the curb. If I could jump in here too, uh, it's important to remember with ADA spaces, um, they also account for van ADA where you're having the additional striped area adjacent to it for them to be able to unload. And so we, we do need to be able to accommodate something like a van space, which is also a requirement of the building code. And so there are also building code requirements for ADA spaces to be on site. Surely if the planning commission wants to encourage us to continue to explore if building code and, and or our street designs could allow for that to try to gain extra, we can do that. We have tried to explore those ideas. And I'll just add there, there is an existing bike lane along that frontage, so it would create some conflicts with having a uh, loading for ADA there yeah. as well. 
And, and there is presently one in front of Native Pizza, as there is? Correct. Right. Yeah, okay. it exists today. So the applicant seems to be wanting to have one more word. So uh, if it pleases the commission, I will open the public hearing now and allow them to come forward and comment. Um, I'd like to thank you for your comments, Mr. McCarty. I think you're absolutely right. You know, parking is definitely an issue. The prospect that you brought up about making that a few more spaces is something that we as the developer want to do. Um, I know Jared said there was pushback. There was also pushback to getting uh, handicapped space in front of Native, but we were able to achieve that. We personally think with the way the street is designed and the whole the layout of all the buildings that the most accessible way from the alley or for ADA access is to the front of the buildings. So if it would please us if all of the parking spaces from the center all the way from in front of 1767 to the top of 1751 were loading and handicapped spaces. We think it would make more sense for people that have ADA needs. Um, so that's something that we're totally willing to explore. But I do want to point out, and I think Netta pointed it out well, and so did Jared, that um, one of the things we do as builders is we're very into rehabbing existing properties. And we love, we're here in Ventura because we love the community and we love the architecture and the buildings. And we want to preserve them, just like we did over at the yard. So we worked really hard to keep the integrity of the, the, the project and the existing landscape and the whole thing together. Um, but uh, parking is, is, a, is a real issue. We do encourage people to have bicycles, to bring bicycles, and I don't think Jared mentioned that there's a whole parking area in the front of the garden in that entrance for bicycles. On the side of the building, we have a lot of parking for motorcycles, um, and I'd agree. But none of the buildings in Midtown could fill modern-day parking requirements. They just—it doesn't work with the size of the alleys and the size of the buildings. It's just—and we want to keep these buildings the way they are. We don't want to tear them down and make everything new. So that's something that I know is a challenge in the way the codes are written. Don't really mesh, but. We've got to keep that in mind when we're thinking about the types of projects we want to allow here and how we can make these things work and really how to make it suitable for the neighborhoods because the projects that we do are all community-based. We're building this for the community. There's going to be native pizza has been dying to come back, but there's just, it can't until this is resolved. And, you know, I think the community wants it back. I think the community is going to love whatever we do with 1767 because it's the community that we have in mind when we're doing these projects. So thank I, you for your comments. I have a question. Uh, you mentioned Native Pizza would love to come back, but for. Can you explain that a little bit more to us? Native Pizza is shut down in a perpet. There's no way to operate. There's no access. Hence, part of the reason that that building exists in the rear is to enable outdoor seating for native. Native only has can serve 16 people in it. It's it's not a it's not set up for success. So the only way that native could even survive and service the community is by having a way to work through 
the new ADA requirements and all of that. One thing that isn't pointed out is that the trash, the bathrooms, you almost have to draw a line in the middle of that, that building because the bathrooms are in front of the trash area. So it's not like the trash area needs to be a certain width to accommodate all the bins that modern trash now requires. So this has been in the works for three, four years now. <laughs> it's not a rock we haven't, you know, un uncovered. So it's we're really thankful that, in a way, it didn't get approved before because we had tried so hard to add just parking, okay, in between the two buildings, and then there wouldn't be a community center, and it wouldn't have any vibe, you know. It may, it, and we couldn't even fit conforming parking in the spaces anymore. So all the spaces that were back there before are too small too narrow, too, they don't have the length. This is the best we can do, but we do like your suggestion, Mr. McCarty, of taking that ADA from the back, adding more spaces, and putting the ADA in the front of the property so it would be easier for people that have disabilities or, you know, are challenged physically to be able to get in easily. Thank you for those insightful comments. I appreciate that. Thank you. A question? Commissioner Busa. Thank you. First for the up, applicant. Um, Are you asking a question of the it of could the be applicant? Opposed to both the applicant or the staff, okay. potentially. Well, uh, I, I should close the public comment if it's not okay. Let me close. Uh, let me close the, the public uh, comment period. Carry on. Uh, s staff mentioned during their presentation that the three spots identified in the bottom left of the uh, view uh, could p potentially be four spots of once the the, the details were identified. Uh, the the most inner spot closest to the restroom and the trash enclosure, if you were looking to get a fourth spot in there, could that not be converted to an ADA spot that would then allow you to convert the ADA space to three spots or two spots? Is that, no, Jenny's. It's possible, it, and it's something that can be explored. Um, at, the, at this time, these obviously aren't construction drawings, so we don't have the exact detail of what the size of that structure is going to be and if we can make that dimensioning work. Obviously, the ADA space, as you can see in the, in the image in the slide, does require uh, for loading a much wider um, size than, um, than your standard space does. Uh, that would have to be something that would be explored by the applicant, though, to make sure that from a schematic standpoint could work. To, to clarify my point, the, that third spot would be widened instead of making it a fourth spot. It would that would that was my question. Right. Yes. Okay, uh, Vice Chair. Um, so, I, just based on this figure, and, and again, I know you don't have the dimensions, but I'm guessing the if, if we converted the ADA parking into regular parking, it would have to be angled as well. Is that correct? As it's laid out, yes, it would appear that, I mean, it, it's structured to where all of those spaces would be angled, and then, so yeah, that would require a much larger space than standard. Yes, Commissioner Zucker. Following up on Commissioner Lundquist's question, so is it actually possible to get three uh, conforming parking spots out of that ADA spot, or is it that that spot is currently three small non-conforming spots, but if you were to actually do conforming spots, it'd maybe be one or two. We have not reviewed a plan that's been proposed that shows uh, 
good conforming standard spaces there. So I believe the applicant stated earlier that he believes three could fit there, but we haven't seen a plan that shows that at this time. If I may jump in, I, I'm sorry, Commissioner Abbey, I, I preempted your hand raise. I, I see the commission, and please correct me if I'm wrong, trying to maximize the amount of spaces we're putting in the alley. If the commission wants to support the project and direct staff through the construction drawings and building permit process to look at maybe Commissioner Busa's suggestion of moving the ADA parking space in that third spot, adding the loading next to it, and then converting the ADA into additional parking spaces on that size and try to maximize the amount we add there um, that is conforming to our standards and maximizes the amount of parking. Surely um, staff would be very open to that and working with our chief building official and um, uh, with our uh, public works department to, to make that work out. So if that is kind of the sentiment of, of the planning commission, staff would surely be open to to do that and get as the, the maximum amount of parking we can in that alley loaded configuration. Solution based. Yes, Commissioner Abbey. I wanted to ask uh, staff or Netta. Um, so is ADA parking, handicap parking, so where, where would that go on this drawing if, if that were a solution? If we explored Commissioner Busa's suggestion of putting it in that third space just one space next to that, Levi, right there, and then the loading be adjacent to the um, building C, the restroom space. We can try and reconfigure that situation. We may have to adjust that landscaping to be able to accommodate that. That picks up the ADA, freeing up the ADA space space side to try and pick up additional parking spaces. Okay, I, I'm kind of uh, leaning that way. Um, the Just for argument's sake, would ADA parking out front on the street even be allowed? We we do have it. I am uncertain if under the building code it would be allowed to be servicing. Again, we can't restrict that to only service these buildings, which building code does have formula for the amount of ADA parking required for their facilities, um, which is why one is shown here. Um, and then requiring that uh, per ADA code and law now, having that van accessible area adjacent to it for the loading and unloading. However, again, if, if the commission would like us to further explore that with the chief building official, we're happy to do so and see if um, a street ADA parking space could supplement that requirement. Uh, just to be clear, I think the applicant indicated that they applied for, uh, made the request for a parking space ADA in front of Native and one is there now. So they were able to enact one so far. All right, Commissioner McCarty. So I, uh, Netta, the idea that you uh, short time ago suggested, I think is, is a very good one. Um, if we want to, this project to move forward to perhaps have staff talk with chief building official and see what can be tweaked to maximize um, parking spots. Um, before we close discussion and take a vote on this, I do want to say I appreciate um, the uh, compelling arguments made by uh, my fellow commissioners Zucker and Busa regarding uh, the possibility of ac accepting this exception. So thank you for those arguments. I appreciate that.
So I'd like to just chime in and say I, I'm very pleased to, uh, to see these projects. Uh, these two buildings have been standing for many years. They're the classic box with no value until someone with vision comes in and does what Native Pizza has done uh, with the backyard courtyard that they've enabled. And uh, the plans for 1767 make it look open and bright and much more accessible and modern. So instead of just bulldozing things that exist, creative thinking, uh, lessens our footprint, uh, makes us uh, a more vibrant city, and these things can be done. So thank you for coming forward with these plans. With that, uh, would someone like to, oh, Commissioner Zucker? I just want to speak to the, speak to the issue here and say that, that you know, I'd, I'd be supportive if, if the rest of the commission is, is kind of moving towards that direction of, of uh, you know, asking staff to work to see if we can squeeze out a, you know, a couple more parking spots. I, you know, I definitely... My my hope is that it's it's not you know a, a long process that's that's burdensome to the business that's trying to get kind of you know re restarted there you know I know these things can can take time and our our you know our city's understaffed and um, yeah but uh, but I think it makes more sense for us to you know make a motion and do that now than to kind of try to like you know armchair uh, architect it here here tonight from from the dais um, yeah I I just want to. Broadly say, I think, you know, a lot of these uh, issues are about working with what we have versus what we'd like to have, and, and there's a reality to, like, that a lot of our city was born, built before modern building codes. I mean, I every morning to drop off my daughter to daycare, I drive down a street on the west side that, you know, it's the kind of street where, like, two cars can't fit, and you've got to, like, pull over as, as the other person's coming, and that's just the way it was built, and, and so... Um, that's a little bit of what we're dealing with here, and so I think we've got to, you know, accept that to, to some extent while recognizing that we're we're dealing with new laws that exist for a very good reason to support people with disabilities who have had a really hard time navigating through our society without mm -hmm. those accommodations. Mm -hmm. So, um, all that being said, yeah, would would support that very moving good. in that direction. Commissioner Abbey, I was wondering if it would be possible to create a motion. Um, that incorporates basically what I'm hearing. Is this is a good project? The parking's the only issue. Aesthetically, it looks very nice, and the the way you're re reusing the buildings, I agree with the thrust of what you had, uh, the applicants. So I'd like to see this project move. I'd like to see it move forward. I was wondering if we could create a motion that. Uh, moves the project forward with a condition. So with all the numbered conditions, make it a condition of the project that staff work with the applicant to find a reasonable resolution to adding, if not eight, as many as can be legally allowed and get it approved tonight. Well, that sounds like a motion to me. That's, I so move. Okay, very good. Do we have a second to that motion? I second that. Very good, Commissioner Zucker. Comments? Okay, let us vote. Oh, yes, Vice Chair. I just, I just want to, before we make, vote, I just want to ensure with Netta that I, I just don't want to send everybody down a, an exercise in futility. I, I feel like I just want to make sure, and I, I agree, I, I like the, I definitely like the project, and I just feel like that this parking issue has, has been around a couple times, and I just want to make sure that we're just not, adding you know how when if we add a condition like that what what is at what point does the city say okay this isn't going to work or this is fine or and let's just move forward i, I just want to make sure that we're not 
spending money that doesn't need to be spent. Uh, Thank you, Vice Chair. Um, I think we could do it pretty quickly with a meeting and um, with our architect to talk dimensions and, and quickly see if we can switch some ADA parking spaces and configure something. And if, if the applicant team is open to that, we're happy to work with them to do that. Very good. Commissioner Farley, did you have a comment? No, she already spoke to it. Thank you. Okay, very good. With that, we have a motion and a second. Madam Clerk, please take the roll. Commissioner Abbey? Yes. Commissioner Busa? Yes. Commissioner Farley? Yes. Commissioner McCarty? Yes. Commissioner Zucker? Yes. Vice Chair Lagerquist? Yes. Chair Condon? Yes. That motion carries. Very good. Good luck, gentlemen. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to project uh, 15290, the Mission Apartments Historic Preservation Design Review. Uh, does anyone have a uh, ex parte uh, to declare? No? Very good, let's move forward. Staff report. Yes, thank you. Uh, the next item on the agenda is the Mission Apartments request for historic preservation design review and a lot line adjustment. Uh, the project site currently consists of two parcels and it's located in downtown Ventura. It's at the northwest corner of the intersection of Oak Street and Santa Clara Street, as shown on the screen. And uh, the project site is in the urban core. It's near commercial uses such as breweries, retail uses, offices, and restaurants. Uh, there's varying one- and two-story developments uh, in the vicinity of the project site. This property at 79 South Oak Street was developed in uh, 1926 as the Mission Hotel. And it was designated as a local landmark in 2017. Uh, subsequently, Council approved a Mills Act contract in 2017 for the property as well. And most recently, in July, in, uh, July 20th of 2022, the Historic Preservation Committee uh, reviewed the current proposal uh, for the project you're seeing tonight and recommended uh, approval of the historic design review. The proposed project consists of rehabilitating the existing 18,000 square foot uh, two-story Mission Hotel building, which is shown in red in the upper left corner of the screen. Uh, it's to be uh, reconfigured into four commercial tenant spaces on the first floor and 20 apartments on the second floor. Uh, as previously mentioned, a lot line adjustment is included with the request, as also shown on the upper left image where the red line is present, uh, this bringing the uh, Accessory structure shaded in blue and yellow onto a separate lot than the project site, and those are not included as a part of the request tonight. Uh, the exterior of the building will also be renovated to maintain the historic integrity of the landmark uh, and bring the facade closer to its original appearance. This will be detailed a little bit further in the presentation. Uh, there are interior renovations as well to remove and replace non-structural walls, ceilings, floor and plumbing fixtures to bring the building up to the current building code. Uh, as shown on the image on the right hand side of the screen, uh, there are eight non-conforming parking spaces that exist today, which will be removed to create an open space area behind the building. Uh, new paving, landscaping, canopy trees, and outdoor dining and seating areas will be added to this area. Uh, the existing curb cut and driveway along Santa Clara Street to the former parking area is intended to be replaced with a full curb, gutter, and sidewalk. 
On January 1st, 2023, the state of California uh, passed new legislation that went into effect that allows residential and non-commercial, uh, non-residential projects within a half mile of transit stops to bypass the parking requirements for local zoning codes. This bill prohibits imposing the minimum parking requirements that, uh, given the project meets the qualifications within the bill. Uh, typically, removing the existing parking uh, that exists to uh, provide no on-site parking would require an exception uh, per the downtown specific plan and would re, uh, re- be required to be reviewed and acted by the Planning Commission. However, given that the proposed project does qualify for the aforementioned Assembly Bill 2097, uh, an exception is not required as a part of this project for the removal of the parking. These slides show the existing and proposed exterior elevations, and I'll just kind of click through these so that you can see the uh, changes that are being proposed. Uh, the proposed exterior rehab work includes new paint, new awnings, new storefront window and door systems uh, along the front and the uh, front, rear, and side of the building. Uh, the addition of the storefront system is shown on this slide to the uh, Santa Clara frontage. and also additional storefront and window openings to the rear of the structure. The project is categorically exempt from CEQA as it's a historical rehabilitation project. And with that, staff recommends that the Planning Commission approve the Historic Preservation Design Review and the associated lot line adjustment as conditioned in the resolution. Staff's happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioners, any question for staff? Commissioner Abbey. Okay, I understand from AB 2097, was that the right number? Yes. Um, that no, we can't require parking, so I understand that. Um, are they proposing to eliminate parking? Uh, similar to the last project, there was an existing uh, parking area that was informal and non-conforming to today's standards. Uh, they are removing those spaces and are not proposing to replace them with any. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Zucker. Just a side side comment that I think it's funny that maybe 2097 considers our Amtrak stop to be a transit stop because it's really not commuter rail. It's like long distance Amtrak, but uh, you know, is what it is. The legislature did what they did. Um, my my question is around the the 20 residential units that are currently there. Do we know what's going to happen to those tenants? Uh, you know, are they being evicted or? Uh, we would defer to the applicant on that question who I believe is joining us on uh, virtually tonight. Oh, very good. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that uh, during... Uh, the applicant um, presentation. Yeah, yeah. Great. Thank you. Um, any other questions? Okay, I have a question for staff about AB 2097. Uh, this is not strictly a residential project. It's a mixed use. Does it apply in this case as well? It does. It applies to residential and non-residential projects. All projects. Uh, we'll look for concurrence from the city attorney's office, but I believe so. That that is correct. It applies to residential and non-residential projects. All right. Very good. Any other questions for staff? Okay. Very good. Um, Madam Clerk, do we have any public speakers beside the applicant? Chair Condon, we have no public speakers. Okay. Is the applicant available to describe uh, the project for us via? Would it be just via audio? And could you put the uh, uh, the elevation of the front of the building? Eric, you've been made the panelist, street? and you have control of your microphone and your camera. 
Hi, everyone. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. we can. So, yeah, I'm the applicant. There's also the architect, Kevin Moore, that can explain the project in a bit more detail. But going back to the question about the existing tenants, we have we've been working with them since October to relocate them to new to new uh, to new residents. And about, let's say, 60 percent of them have relocated. Um, I think it was earlier last year. Council passed something where we can't provide a 60-day notice um, to vacate until there's an approved building permit. So we gave a courtesy notice to the tenants saying that this is forthcoming and that you all should, you know, start looking for locations to move to. Um, so we've been proactive on that and helping them find new places to, to live. Very good. Um, are these... Uh single room occupancy type of dwellings presently? For the most part, they are. There's some that have some kitchen facilities and private bathrooms, and there's some that have a shared bathroom situation. And the proposal is to keep them in that similar configuration? No, the proposal is to go from 30 of those units to 20 studio apartments. So it will be 10 less units. They'll each have their own bathroom and kitchen. All right. And as far as the ground floor uh, modifications, the only thing that I saw that looked different beside the four independent um, storefronts is on the Santa Clara side, a window would be added. So that was actually originally there. So we're going to reopen that up and rest restore it to what was, what was previously there. Okay, very good. Yeah. This is a historic building. Um, we don't have any photographs of it. it. It's our original state back in the day, do we? We have some photos from the 50s, and then we have some original building plans. Um, oh, there you those, go. Those, those windows that you see on the, the rear elevation are still there. They're just covered up with stucco, so we're exposing them and going to rehabilitate those as well. Mm -hmm. right. uh, Commissioner Farley. Um, have tenants been identified for those new um, tenant spaces on the ground floor? Yeah, so on the, the south side of the building, there's um, tenants that we're working with and they're working on their tenant improvements. So it will be a restaurant on the south side. So they'll take about half of the ground floor. And on the north side, there's three um, retail slash office spaces. Um, we don't have any signed leases, but those will likely be that use. Commissioner Abbey, did you have a question? Yes, I'd like to ask the applicant, um, what's the approximate or average size of the current 30 units and characterize them, what type of units are they, whether they're studio apartments, and uh, could you also characterize what you're proposing with, the, with average square footage? And I guess you're, you said you're going from 30 studio units to 20 studio units, is that correct? We're, we're going from 30 mixed units where some of them are just a room with a shared bathroom. And then some of them about or 10 of them have private bathrooms and then 20 of them have a shared bathroom. So from that situation, we're going to 20 units that will each have their own kitchen and bathroom. So I think I don't have the exact number, but the 
current configuration, I would say the average unit size is about 200, a little under 200 square feet, and they'll likely be the average size around 300 square feet. So you say moving from roughly 200 to up to 300 square feet in the new configuration? Correct. Okay, thank you. Uh, Commissioner McCarty. Uh, this is a question for the architect. Um, <clears throat> the drawings, uh, the project plans which we are looking at have uh, the elevation drawings dated April 2022. I'm curious as to whether or not any of the architectural plans were updated after the um, phase two impacts assessment report came out in May 2022. In other words, are these the latest, greatest uh, project plans? I think we have to give Kevin access, but I do know the answer to that question. Um, that is the latest and greatest. We did have a proposed window on the Santa Clara elevation, which it sounded like from the phase two study, they were agreeable to, but with some conditions. Um, but based on that, we decided to remove that. Um, they also, we also had some proposed doors on the rear elevation of those stairs. Um, and based off the historical plans that they were um, using as reference for the phase two, they had some suggestions which we revised in the plans that you see now. Uh, uh, you, well, yeah, they were more than suggestions. They, uh, they were not in compliance with uh, the, the standards. Um, so essentially what, what the report said was the project as designed does not meet the standards, standards three or nine of the Secretary of the Interior standards for rehabilitation. And that's with regard to uh, the entrance. You mentioned it as a window, but I think it's, it's the, uh, the entrance, the new entrance they were talking about, uh, and the doors on the west elevation. So th this, the project is not in compliance with required standards until those two uh, issues are taken care of. It would be great to see revised project plans which show, show those changes. Is that possible? I believe we did revise the project plans from their recommendations. Um. Okay, that's not what we're looking at. So, are we able to give Kevin access to the? Uh... Tracy, is there a Kevin on the line? Thank you, Eric. We're bringing him up right now. Kevin, you should have access to your camera and microphone. Here, he might be on a cell device. Um, Kevin, I'm going to try to unmute you or request to unmute you. There we go. Hi, <clears throat> hi. This is Kevin Moore, architect for the owner. 
Kevin, we can hear you if you could speak up just a bit, though. Great. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so to answer that question, the plans were uh, updated based on that feedback, and both of those concerns were addressed. Uh, number one, the opening on the Santa Clara side of the building uh, that was proposed was removed from the project, and it remains as a, a single man door facing Santa Clara Street. So if that, if you look at that elevation, you can see that that's no longer part of the project. There was previously proposed in the lower left-hand corner where you see that man door. Uh, okay, but my question is about the, the opening, the storefront opening on the right. Mm -hmm. That is what that is, is, that's what's out of compliance. Oh. Uh, that's not correct. So that opening is an existing opening that was that appears in the historical plans on file in the city archives. It's also visible in the the photo of the building on the opening on its opening day. If you right. if you look back at our our plan set, so that that opening was not in question as a part of uh, compliance with historical. Uh, rehabilitation. Well, that's that's not what the phase two impacts assessment report says. It says an additional storefront opening is proposed at the south facade. The proposed opening is located at the south facade, a secondary facade located on the side street, an appropriate location for a new opening per the guidelines. However, as designed, this new opening would match the adjacent historic storefront because the new storefront is not proposed to be differentiated from the historic storefronts, it will create a false sense of historical development at the property. And so any, any instance of a false, uh, a false sense of historical development at the property is not in compliance with uh, the Secretary of the Interior standards. Commissioner McCurry, mm -hmm. that's not an opening, it's a storefront. So the, as Kevin Moore was indicating, there was another door storefront opening on the rear part of the building on this facade that was removed. Opening in this case. That's correct. So the, the, in that historical report that you're reading from, the existing opening is what is shown at the lower right-hand corner of that elevation facing Santa Clara Street. What we had proposed previously and has been now since removed from the project was an additional storefront style opening similar to that, but in the lower left-hand corner of that elevation, pretty much where that man door is shown currently. And that's been removed okay. from the project. Okay. And then, so on the, the west facade, if we could go to that view, that one. So you say you have, there, there, we, we now show two double doors with, with stairways leading down to the, to the ground. So you say you have eliminated the, uh, the right-hand set of double doors? So the comment had to do with the style and the appearance of those double doors. The historical uh, plans and elevations show only show the uh, left-handmost double doors and uh, stairway down 
and those were shown as as a like a wood frame door with glass lights. So at some point, the right handmost egress stair, emergency egress stair, was added, <clears throat> and what was a what was a uh, a window became a set of doors to uh, to allow egress from the second floor. What we had previously proposed was to match the historical appearance of those double doors. So they would be, they would look similar. The comments came back that we should try and differentiate those so they don't appear too similar. So what we're showing now is that they would be a solid, so no glass light double door. Okay, good. That that answers my questions. Thank you very much. Excellent. All right, I, I have a question for the applicant. Uh, the the purpose of the back open space, uh, replacing the parking spaces with an open space, is that for tenants only? Is it uh, a, a community park? Uh, you know unofficial community park, what, what's the idea here? Um, the, it's gonna be outdoor dining space. So it will be used for, with the restaurant and also there'll be a, a retail office space that has access to that patio as well. So it will be a private use. Okay. So the planting area along Santa Clara with that one entrance is, if you will, a wall barrier that kind of differentiates from the public sidewalk to this private park-like? Okay, very good. Commissioners, any other questions for the applicant or his architect? All right, very good. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, we will close the public hearing now. Oh, it's just a cut, that's the building. I'd asked what that black box was in the uh, Western um, projection, but uh, it's the cutout of the building back in the day. All right, very good. So we've closed the public hearing. Um, commissioners, comments? Yes, Commissioner McCarty. Well, as you're well aware, I was a bit concerned about uh, meeting the standards for historical preservation, uh, the Secretary of Interior standards, but my questions there have been answered. and. Um, Again, similar to before, we're losing parking spots, but they are the non-conforming parking spots. Uh, all that being said, I think the design, as we're looking at now, is, is very attractive. I think the, the, uh, the courtyard area will be uh, a, an attractor for the public. That's a, that's a very busy street and intersection area. Um, I think it'll, it'll, it'll look good, it'll be well used, and um, I think the plans for the interior of the buildings, the building, is, uh, is also acceptable. I think it's a good, uh, I like the project. All right, very good. Other comments? Comm Commissioner Zucker. I have a, a question for staff just to, to make sure, and I'm, you know, I, I don't know if I totally understand this, but the, the no net loss law and the, the state's law around that, that doesn't apply here, does it, in terms of the loss of housing units? No, it doesn't. 
Um, well, I'll just make make my comments here. You know, I uh, this is not really related to historic preservation, but but I just want to say since I'm here that that I see nothing but downsides for our community in this project. Um, it is a net loss of 10 housing units um, where people are living, you know, sounds like about half of them have found new housing um, being forced to, uh, and the other half have not found new housing. Um, those SRO is, you know, um, Mr. Comden mentioned single room occupancy units, uh, used to be a large part of our downtown housing stock, have been rapidly disappearing as they've been converted to other types of uses, just like we're seeing here. Um, those have very often been in many cities the housing of last resort for folks before they end up on the street. Um, and I think it's no coincidence the loss of so many of our SRO units and the increase in homelessness and people living on the streets of our downtown. Um, I am sure that the new uh, you know, studio units that are coming in will be much more expensive uh, than the units that are being replaced and that uh, folks who are being displaced from those units will not be able to afford them. Um, so, you know, that being said, I don't, you know, necessarily see a historic preservation reason not to approve this project, um, you know, but personally, there's no way I can in good conscience vote for it. Other comments? All right, well, I'm, I'm pleased that a historic building is getting a, a little bit of a facelift. Uh, I feel very much like Commissioner Zucker does, though. Um, we are losing housing, affordable housing stock when, in fact, we're already in a crisis. And it's, it's a darn shame. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what to do about it, but we have to address this. Uh, this is one of the few buildings where I believe I took a mental survey of downtown where people will be living above a restaurant, bar, I don't know what, what the final outcome of the tenant will be, but that type of facility. There is a brewery across the street, which probably has a certain amount of ambient noise. I know that there have been some sound issues with the tenants, uh, if you will call them that, at the Bella Majora and, uh, and the restaurant across the street from that. So um, be that as it may, um, you know, those people that can afford to live there will make that decision based upon whether they can tolerate the noise or not. But I'm in agreement. Loss of, loss of affordability and loss of number of housing stock is a real concern of mine. All right. Any other comments? Yes, Commissioner Farley. I would like to agree with the, the both of you about losing housing stock here in the city of Ventura. Um, I think projects like this are super important. Um, aging buildings like this need to be rehabilitated. Um, I'm sure that those rooms upstairs are inconsistent and um, incompatible for modern standard um, and, and applicants need to upgrade those units to meet modern standard. I, I would have liked to see more of the single room occupants be, be maintained as much as possible um, and that could have been potentially accomplished in a different way, um, be it as it may. Um, I do appreciate this building being revitalized because it has been lacking for several, several years if not decades. Um, and, and that doesn't do our community any good either. So I would support this project, um, but I would encourage projects like this to try to maintain their housing stock as much as possible and improve where they can. Um, but I agree with both of you. All right, Commissioner Abbey. Um, I think it's already been stated. I think Commissioner Farley stated it well. 
All right, very good. Uh, would anyone uh, entertain a motion on this project? Yes, Commissioner Farley. I would motion to approve this project. We have a motion. Do we have a second? I'll second the motion. Commissioner McCarty seconds. Any comments? Okay, let's move to vote. Madam Clerk. Commissioner Abbey. Yes. Commissioner Busa. Yes. Commissioner Farley. Yes. Commissioner McCarty. Yes. Commissioner Zucker. No. Vice Chair Lagercrust. Yes. Chair Comden. No. That motion carries. Very good. All right. Uh, that concludes the formal uh, agenda items. Let's move to staff communication. Thank you, Chair Comden, Commissioners. Uh, just a couple of items. As Commissioner Zucker mentioned earlier um, this evening, the inclusionary housing ordinance that the Planning Commission uh, reviewed and unanimously forwarded a recommendation to City Council for approval with modifications um, was heard by the City Council. They made adjustments themselves to the inclusionary housing ordinance and approved and adopted it. It had its second reading and uh, the modifications they made were as followed. So they had a start date to start as of July 1st of this year. And so uh, the inclusion of your housing ordinance will not go into effect until July 1st, 2023. Um, an another modification they made was the commission recommended the rental units be in perpetuity. They adjusted that to a 55-year period. Uh, the Planning Commission had made adjustments to the rental to be 15%, 10 of which would be at low, and 5% of which would be at very low. They did keep that in uh, the ordinance, and so the rental requirement will be 15% uh, affordable units, 10 at low, and 5 at very low. And they kept the um, for sale units at 10% moderate, as recommended by the Planning Commission. And so that is the final outcome of the inclusionary housing ordinance. Um, any questions? Commissioner Zucker. Uh, the, the July phase and date, um, where does that come into effect kind of in the development process? Is that the, from, the, from the moment something first you know, hits the city? I assume that doesn't mean starting in July, projects that come to us will have to meet that requirement that, that a lot of the things coming to the Planning Commission have kind of been in the pipeline for a while, right? Uh, that is correct, Commissioner Zucker. So what happens when an ordinance goes into effect is that um, there is a time period in which the city can legally require projects to uh, comply with new regulations and standards. And that is up until the moment a project is deemed complete. So any project that has an application on file with the city that has not been deemed complete as of July 1st will be required to, to meet the inclusionary housing requirement. That's better than I thought. Any questions for staff? Netta, I have a question about last night's GPAC meeting, which I was not able to attend. Uh, you covered downtown and uh, what other zone? We, d we were able to complete discussions about downtown and midtown. Okay. And coming up at the next GPAC meeting, we'll be covering what? 
a lot. Um, we will continue discussions with um, the next area would be Five Point that we did not, uh, were not able to cover, uh, the Arndale North Bank area. We will circle back on discussions about Johnson, Pierpont, and, uh, and uh, Westside for uh, specific parcels that we weren't able to cover. And then we will also cover the SOAR areas. And then citywide, anything else that wasn't discussed. So the whole kit and caboodle. Thank you. This has been a two-year process. It's uh, very down to the down to the bone of of the core of the city, and uh, taking good hard looks at all of these things and planning out 25 plus years. Uh, if you haven't uh, been watching, I encourage you to watch. Uh, these recommendations will be hopefully concluded this year and sent to council, sent to us first, I believe, and then to council uh, for consideration and adoption. Yes, Commissioner Abbey. Yeah, I had a question for Netta. Um, regarding that, um, just as GPAC is having a number of looks, dividing the um, time that they spend in different areas, I'm, I'm anticipating that when it comes to planning commission, it won't be a fire hose. We have to vote on it in one shot. Um, so I'd like, I don't expect you to answer this question right now, but I'd like the staff to think about what kind of phases, you know, how many number of meetings we can, so that the Planning Commission can do the process justice. Um, thank you, Commissioner Abbey. Yes, we haven't completely formalized on how that's gonna go. It will depend after all these discussions that happen at GPAC, and then it's gonna go out to the public again for, for review. Um, once we figure out how many alternatives or sub-area packages there are, then we can figure out how to package that for Planning Commission. We quite haven't figured that out yet. Okay, thank you. All right, very good, thank you. Um, I just have one other. Yes, please. Sorry, Commissioner. Um, Chair Comden. Uh, just one other comment about the next meeting. Um, we will be holding a special meeting um, of the of the Planning Commission. I did shoot an email about uh, two date options. It looks like the date that works most for the Planning Commission uh, for the most members is April 12th. Um, so uh, we will be scheduling a special meeting of the Planning Commission for April 12th. Um, I will be at a conference, so I will be attending virtually um, that evening. And All that's right. it. Very good. Commissioner McCarty. Is, uh, is the Planning Commission um, able to tell me about the outcome of the agenda item for which I had to step out of the room? Uh, we, uh, we voted to, to postpone uh, judgment on that uh, pending uh, further city review. Okay, that's, that was, that's what I inferred by the amount of time I spent out, outside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Commissioner Abbey. Um, I had a question for Netta or for the um, uh, city clerk representative. Um, let's see, conflict of interest forms. There's a deadline coming up, annual conflict of interest. The filing deadline is April 3rd. It lands on a Monday. April 3rd? Yes, normally it's the uh, first day of April, but since it's on a week, uh, weekend, it is now pushed out to Monday, April 3rd. Okay, and I understand from the email that there's a different system being utilized from the prior years? That is correct. Um, we are now using NetFile, 
which the city had used previously. Okay, thank you. Very good. With that, commissioners, any uh, public comments from the commission for the good of the order? Seeing none, I call this meeting adjourned. Thank you.